Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church. My name is Chris Kopp. I'm one of the pastors here. And with me are pastors Tiffany Malloy and Matt Metzger. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. good. Doing yeah. good. How you doing, Chris? I, I'm doing well, you know? Yeah, almost to Christmas. It's like, what, three and a half weeks yeah. away? So I crazy. can't believe it's that close. So No kidding. Uh, how's the December Christmas? December 1st today. Mm. Like, we're officially in the month now. Yep. Our kids opened up their advent calendar this oh. morning. They were very excited about the chocolate. So. chocolate I was going to say, what do they what do they get in the advent calendar right now? Uh, right now, it's Hershey's Kisses, and my daughter got like a little medallion thing that was a pink unicorn with chocolate inside. Oh. So we're all things unicorn right now. So we're, <laughs> we're very excited about that. Oh, so. That's awesome. That's so funny. Um, well, yeah, glad you guys are are here. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. Uh, we did this a couple weeks ago with Adam and Daniel. Um, yeah, just kind of asking, is there something that you can't stop telling people about lately, whether that's uh, a show or a restaurant or band or something like that? Um, Tiffany, I think you're ready to go with a couple ideas. Can you share? uh, I am ready. So if you know me for more than one minute, you know that I love Sonic Drive-In. So that's like (laughs) the, 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 the restaurant up in Sun Prairie. So there used to be one in Middleton. Used to be one. Yes. We would go every Monday religiously. It was our Monday routine, me and the kids. And then I would go by myself a few more I was going to say, was it really we or was it mostly (laughs) just you pulling other people along? Sometimes the kids would say, mom, can we have a slush nope it's only mommy's drink sorry (laughs) (laughs) anyway so every now and then i will still maybe like once every other week i will drive the 30 minutes to sun prairie i will get my diet coke with cherry and vanilla it's route 44 it's so good and i will drive home so i've actually taken some people like some staff that i meet with sometimes i'll say oh would you like to do a driving meeting and i will take them to sonic because i want them to just love it like i love it because i was gonna say like this is not a new thing for you this has been going for a long Back in college ministry, me and the staff, we would go almost every day. So, Sonic. So much money spent at Sonic. But it's half price drinks. And so, you know, you you only go during happy hour. That's all. Um, So, all right. So good. Good call. So, if you're listening to this, maybe you should consider going to Sonic right now. Go, go, go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Matt, what about you? I would say, um, you know, I'm going to kind of go the food direction too. Um, Canes chicken mm. which is newer i'm not going to say it's brand new because in the world of college students and state street it's been there for i don't know how long has it been there now maybe six months yeah, i think it was like september yeah oh, something yeah. like that that it opened but uh man their chicken is just amazing wow they have very few things on their <laughs> menu which mm-hmm. i feel like anytime there's very few things on a menu you know those things yep. that they are selling out. I feel like Cane's is kind of like the In-N-Out burger of right? chicken. Oh, hey. And, oh, okay, uh, you so, told me on that. Like, yeah, 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 Do you yeah. want chicken tenders or chicken tenders? Exactly. Or chicken tenders on uh, like a, a sandwich. Exactly. Like a, <laughs> on a bun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a chicken so, sandwich. Yeah. This is basically their chicken tenders uh, on a bun. <laughs> oh, okay. but the, and their sauce yeah. is amazing. It will change oh, your life. Okay. And uh, And you have to have it there. You have to have it fresh. And their Texas toast, let me tell oh, you. 
you. Oh. Uh, like will change your life forever. Wow. It's almost like dessert. So, so what I do is anytime yeah. I go, I'll get the meal and then, but then I will substitute the coleslaw because I'm oh, not a big yeah. coleslaw fan. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like if you're going there, you're not going for the mm-hmm. coleslaw. Mm-hmm. So you substitute the coleslaw for another mm-hmm. piece of Texas toast. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. what that. you go for. And, uh, it's amazing. Oh, Rachel and I were there tip. like uh-huh. four days ago. So nice. yeah, that's awesome. great place. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm cheating on Chick Fil A when I start it's talking. True. But Wait, it's different. It's, yeah, you can't put it in the same category. It's different. We love you too, Chick Fil A. Absolutely. Uh, Had yeah. it last night. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> not I lying. did too. Actually, yes, that's kind of yes. So so yeah, not not a competition. They're no. both. They're both good. They're both mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Mine. I'm, I shared a restaurant last time we did this, so I'll go a different direction. I just started watching the documentary on Disney Plus. Uh, it's called. Get back about the Beatles. I saw that. Yeah, for, I I know some people have said it's kind of slow. It's kind of boring because li- literally I'm only like two hours into it of like seven hours of footage. Like you're just watching them rehearse, but like wow. you're seeing them come up with some of like their hits like on the spot, mm. like mm. in a way that we've never really had access to before. Mm. So, I mean, for a musician, it's really interesting to to see and kind of see their creative. That's process. one that I saw and I wanted to take in. So yeah, it's a bit of a commitment, but it's but yeah. it's good. So well, good deal. Well, over the last couple of weeks, uh, in the conversation we had with Adam and Daniel, we were talking about evangelism. Kind of what is it? What are some of the misconceptions surrounding evangelism? Um, and one of them that we mentioned but didn't dig into very much is this misconception that evangelism usually entails kind of walking up to a complete stranger and saying, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Um, And of course, that can happen. Uh, All of us have probably done that at some point. Uh, But God has also rooted us in particular places and with particular people where we have opportunities to be witnesses to the good news of Jesus. So today, um, I want to begin by talking about how God might use us in the context of relationships we already have with Mm -hmm. friends and coworkers and neighbors and so on, uh, and just begin to dream about what that could look like for our church and for those of us, um, yeah, listening to this. So uh, maybe to start, Matt, I'm curious. When you think about what evangelism has looked like in your own life and you've had opportunities to share your faith with people, uh, would you say it's more common that they're complete strangers or people you already have a relationship with? What's kind of been your experience with evangelism? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I would say for me, it's changed over my lifetime. So really, I was... okay. I was the kid who grew up in the Christian school, you know, back in the day. And one of the classes that we could take in high school was a class where we learned how to share our faith. The church that I went to was big into this program called Evangelism Explosion. Mm. Some of you might know D. James Kennedy back from the day, South Florida, Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. He was the one who created this, this deal. And so we had it as a class. And, and so it, by your junior year, you could either take a Bible class you had to go to every day in school, or you could one night a week take this class, Evangelism Explosion. So way less work. Mm-hmm. So everyone <laughs> took this class. That, I mean, so honestly, that was, the, that yeah. was my first experience mm-hmm. with evangelism. It was basically trying to get out of the boring class mm-hmm. with the guy who I didn't like teaching it, you know, mm-hmm. so I took this class. Yeah. And I remember the first night that I went, the woman who was teaching it, she actually became a mentor of mine. She's an amazing woman. Her name is Carol Neal. And, and for most people in the class, um, they would end up being mentored by an older student, which was the easiest way to go. But I remember after listening, I don't know if it was the prompting of the Lord. I really, actually, I think it was. But um, we had to write down someone who we would like to have as our mentor, you know, kind of walking us through. And I wrote her down. Mm. And... 
she still to this day plays a big role wow. in my life. Wow. But she was the first one really to teach me about evangelism. And one of the things we would do in this class, we would have the class and learn about an element of evangelism. It was a 13-week class that you went through to learn how to share your faith. But then for the second half of class, we would go out on the street mm. and do the stereotypical thing yeah, yeah. that everybody thinks about with evangelism. So we would go out on the streets, down to the beach in South Florida, share our faith with people. And every week, I mean, we're just crazy stories of mm. the things that would happen. Mm -hmm. But um, so back at that time, I would say the people who I shared with were people who I didn't know majority yeah. of the time. Because when I thought about it, it felt really awkward to have that conversation with people who I knew. Mm. And the reason why was because I thought of evangelism as an outline that I had to go through with people. Mm -hmm. These are the points that I'm supposed to make. These are the passages of scripture that I'm supposed to share. This is the way it's supposed to go. And stepping into that with someone I already knew, it just felt strange. Mm. Yeah. But then what I found was as I learned everything that I learned about evangelism and over time is I really stepped into more relationships with non-believers. I started to see the way that really evangelism, in my opinion, works just as well, if not better, mm -hmm. in the sense of relationship when you're able to take the elements of evangelism that you know and bring them into the places of life that these people actually might be. And stop thinking it less as like a one-time conversation where I'm starting at point A and getting to point Z and instead becoming a, this is a lifelong journey I'm on with somebody where I'm striving to see and wanting to play a role in what God's doing in their life. Now, I'm not... I'm not saying what God's doing in their life. I'm giving God the chance to be right, able to right. say, here's what I'm doing in their life and inviting me into the process mm -hmm. of what he's already doing by me sharing over time. That's yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's really important to draw out. Often we think of evangelism as like, we're kind of showing up and hoping that God moves in their life in some All way. All in but, this one mm -hmm. conversation that yeah, we have. Yeah, but if we can kind of shift our perspective to like evangelism in some sense is like participating in what God is already up to yes. in their lives and just trying to identify Identify that yeah. and join in with it. That, yeah. that takes some of the pressure off yes. and just kind of changes how we approach things. So I really like that. That's really good. I used to grow up feeling very guilty for not wanting to go out on the street, right, and yeah. just share my faith because it is something like I grew up and that's kind of what we did too. And even I just you remember, saying that, I'm totally judging you. Right, right totally. Now, so. <laughs> and so I remember feeling like this is so not my personality. Like yep. there's never a time when I would go up to somebody and talk to them if I didn't have to. Like this is I'm. So super introverted, yeah. right? And so I realized, I think over time too, that while God certainly does move beyond our, you know, our personalities, he can, you know, use in whatever way we want. But often I do think that we're wired in certain ways and that God can use that um, to, to help us, you know, to share our faith with others. And so I think that there was some, uh, just like real... I could just relax into that. Like, hey, I'm just going to show up in my people's lives in the way that I'm wired, and I'm going to tell people about him in, in a way that makes sense um, for how he's wired me. So yeah. that's awesome. That good. There, yeah. You know, Tiff, I mean, that that reminds me, There's a there was another mentor in my life, really back around that time, uh, who was a, 
um, youth pastor who I ended up working for later on. His name was Dick Bond. And one of his life verses was 1 Thessalonians 2.8, which is the verse in, in the NIV, in the 1984 version of the NIV. I, I memorized this verse. It says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, mm-hmm. but our lives as well, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you would become so dear to us. Mm-hmm. Which really, I mean, was one where he really helped me to see the view and beauty of relational evangelism, mm-hmm. of life mm-hmm. on life, mm-hmm. which is not oftentimes a one-time experience. Yeah. Um, and just the way that we love people yeah. and love people towards the kingdom by helping them to see the things that we love. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing, uh, probably, again, all of us have experience with kind of that, uh, some people call it initiative evangelism, where you approach someone on the street and do that. Um, that was some of my background as well. Um, but more and more, it's coming through relationships with other people and, and that kind of thing. So what does it look like for you guys to invest with, uh, invest in relationships with other people or even like seek out neighbors or people in the community um, that, that you may not know very well to, to, to grow in relationship with them? You guys have any stories or um, what would you say about that? You know, I think it, for me, um, it's one of those things that um, I feel like for any of us as Christians, we have to be aware that it can be really easy over time to realize that the majority of people who we're spending time with are Christians. I mean, I, I just think that, yeah, I mean, don't you, wouldn't absolutely. you agree? Like, I think that just sort of happens. Like, the, and, and I don't think that, I think there's real um, richness in that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, in the relationships we have and the way that we grow in our faith and the experiences that we go through life and the things that happen where we have believers who are in our camp, in our corner to walk us through the reality of life in parenting and family and job changes and issues that might come up and struggles that we have. But um, I, I feel like one of the things that's been important for me is to just continue to move towards intentional relationships with non-believers. Yeah. And, and the thing that I find is, is they, as those become, as those are real relationships, they're not projects, yeah. you know, because they, like, because it can be, I think it can be yeah. easy for anyone to be like, yeah, I need to find some non-Christians <laughs> that I can hang out with so I can share my faith yeah. with them. Right. So the goal is sharing your faith yeah. where all of a sudden you realize, no, the, the goal is these are great people, yeah. mm-hmm. wonderful people to spend yeah. time with yeah. and to be around mm-hmm. and relationships become deep and rich. And as that trust element builds, all of a sudden you have more and more opportunities to be able to really yeah. drip elements of the gospel as you move through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I think for many of us, we don't have a ton of margin in our life to be good friends, to, to have intentional relationships really yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, kind of the simple the simple thing of if somebody texts you, you text them back. If they invite you, you go. If you know yes. but it's like I remember even before pandemic, we were trying to get together with this family and we're like a month and a half, great, we'll have you over for lunch. <laughs> yeah, know? And it yeah. just seemed ridiculous. Like, how do you build a relationship that mm-hmm. way? And so I think for me, one of the challenges is like, how can I how can I create some downtime so that I can take a walk around the block and I have time to talk if somebody like shows up, one of my mm-hmm. neighbors, or how can I slow my life down a little bit? So if somebody, you know, stops by, I can invite them in and I'll mm-hmm. feel like, oh, sorry, we got to go do this, or the, you know? And so that's been kind of a big thing that we're trying to do is just kind of create some space to, to let God bring people into our lives and just be good friends to people. Yeah. So. You know something I think that can be funny, I, I mean, as the three of us are sitting here talking, is like we are, we're, we're the professional Christians. <laughs> so we're the people who, I mean, ev- like 
all of our coworkers are believers, yeah, you right. know, and, and there is an element that I realize when I think back to the days where I wasn't the, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, professional Christian, yeah. there were plenty of people who were non-believers who I was doing life with yeah. because they were my coworkers yep. and the people who I was around. So there is an element of just being able to look at yep. when within the, the, the circle sphere of influence that I have, who are the yeah. people who God has in my life right yeah. now? who yep. aren't believers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we found we found that more too. I mean, as our girls were kind of hitting the stages where they were in school, where they were in sports, where they were yeah. in drama and theater around other parents as well and other families that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of just being able to show up, you know, of yeah. being in those things, but just of kind of being aware. You know, it's kind of like, it's like the golf ball conversation mm-hmm. of just looking at the opportunities potentially that might be coming up just through the people who you're already in relationship yeah. with. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. When I first moved to Madison, it was kind of the first time that I had been outside of like ministry. I was a stay-at-home mom. I wasn't in seminary, right? Like seminary, I just I just showed up, and um, I remember my kids were just starting school, and so I ended up making friends friends with some people, some parents on on the playground, right? So you go pick up your school, your 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 kid from school, and you don't immediately leave. You just hang, hang around, out. and mm-hmm. um, to this day, there's a group of women. We have been really great friends for like nine years, and it's right like. One of the women recently lost her mom, and it's just like we rally. And like you said, these aren't people that are projects. It's actually people that like I care so deeply about, and I. um, So I just think, yeah, it's it's just showing up to the places that you're in and and being there and being available. That's the thing for me, where that First Thessalonians two Mm -hmm. eight verse just lands so much. You know, we loved you so much. Not we saw you as a project. We loved Mm -hmm. you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, Mm -hmm. but our lives as well. There's a difference in what Paul was saying there. You know, as far as the relationship Mm -hmm. that was taking place. Yeah, if we're engaging with people because uh, in a heart of hearts they're just a project to us, people aren't going to see right right yeah. through that, yeah. Um, yeah. and we don't we don't want that. And so, yeah, being able to I don't know what that looks like. Um, there's maybe a tension there at times between mm-hmm. like we do have a little bit of an, an agenda, right? Mm-hmm. Like we do want to share this thing that is the most important thing in our lives, but we also, yeah, we we want to love them unconditionally. Like my relationship with you is not contingent upon you yeah. trusting Jesus, yeah. and so we're you know we'll we'll be there for them and support them regardless. That's but we exactly also want to share our lives with them too and and yeah. the most important thing to us. Yes. So. Yeah, that's exactly it, Chris. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, I think that with anyone like that, anyone who I come in contact with, I mean, obviously, I would love for them to accept Jesus as their savior, mm-hmm. to have a relationship with him the way that, I mean, for the three of us, we have a relationship with Jesus. But regardless if they do that, yeah. they're... <laughs> We're, you know, I'm going to love them yeah. and have them as a part of my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure some people listening, they're like, oh, I've got all kinds of relationships uh, outside of the church, whether because of work or things like that. Um, what about the person, Tiffany, you mentioned when you first moved to Madison? Mm-hmm. I feel feel this a lot, um, especially being in vocational ministry where I'm like, yep, pretty much my whole bubble is like, is Christ followers. Um, so for someone that feels that way, any ideas for how they can kind of branch out a little bit or begin to, um, to develop relationships in their own neighborhood or community or things like that? 
Yeah. One of the things I tried to do when I moved here, um, I thought, well, what do I care about? Like, what are Mm. things that I like ways that I want to see this city become healthier? What are so for me, it was, you know what, like I used to be a teacher. I care a ton about education. I I care about equality for students in classrooms. So, hey, I'm just going to join the PTO. Right. So at my kids' school, I showed up, joined, became an officer. And that was a place of relationship because we came together with this common mission. We mm. all cared about those students. We cared about that staff. So we were on mission together doing something good for our city, good for our community. But then along the way, we were able to build these relationships and suddenly we're going out afterwards, get, get something to eat. We're in going to each other's homes, you know, taking walks. And, um, and I think, so that's one thing. It's like, what do you care about? Like, what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. Um, what's for the good of the city? And then like jump in to that and meet some people who also care about those things. That's great. Yeah, I think that's so true. You know, when I think about when I moved to Madison, you know, there was an element of, and I feel like anytime you get to a new city, you're trying to figure out, okay, like who are going to be my people? Where do I land and plant? I, you know, we moved here to be on staff with a church, so there was that element. But, you know, um, trying to figure out relationships outside of there, I, um, back at that time, I was skateboarding quite a bit. I know I was 30 years old <laughs> and skateboarding. I still skateboard. And, I love it. So you can judge me. Um, but... <laughs> Um, when I, when I moved here, um, there was a skateboard shop nearby where we lived and I would just go stop by and got into conversation with those guys. And over time, just as I would, I did all my skate shopping there Mm. and I just got to know them. And then one thing happened, they, there was a, um, like a skate exhibition that was going to be happening downtown and they were telling me about it. And I just asked them, I said, do you guys need any help? And they needed all kinds of help just setting up ramps and doing that stuff. So I cleared part of my day and just went to go help them. I think that sometimes Mm -hmm. like when we look at the opportunities to step into people's lives and just serve, Mm -hmm. it all of a sudden shows something different Mm -hmm. and and opens a door for deeper relationship, you know, down the line. So, um, and, uh, and so I would go skate with these guys at different times. I was started to get invited into different groups and it was through that, that I had the chance to, you know, be with them and over time, you know, to be able to share my faith. I mean, it was always funny when they found out I was a pastor. That's the (laughs) weird thing. I think that for the three of us, when we have a conversation like that, there's the reality of people, they find out you're a pastor and they either immediately write you off Mm -hmm. or they look at you like you're just weird or they have all kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's that element. We just have to ride that train. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I found that, I mean, once people would get over that and just accept me as Matt, I found that from that place, there were things that would come up in people's lives that made it really easy to get into some of the conversations about yeah, faith, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. with them. And I think even like non-pastors feel that way. I know I was talking to my husband, Jake, and he's a teacher. And as soon as anybody hears that he's a Christian, you oh, know, finds totally. out they're like, oh, I mean, suddenly it's it's a it's a deal, right? And Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Everybody has mm-hmm. stereotypes, yeah, yeah, regardless yeah. if you're a pastor or yeah. you're a Christian or yeah. say you're an evangelical yeah. or whatever. Like <laughs> whatever wording you use, there yeah. are stereotypes that come with it that... Um, but one of the things that I love is just being able to break yeah. some of those yeah. stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much negative. And when all of a sudden yeah. people are like, okay, I have a negative stereotype back here in my mind, but I'm hanging out with you and you're not fitting those categories. And I realize that I like you. Yeah. 
there is something yep. so fun. I feel like about that's that. the most beautiful thing. I feel like that's actually one of the biggest parts of evangelism right now in this moment, in this culture. I mm. think that being able to push beyond what people assume about yeah. who people who love God, you know, what yeah. they look like and how they treat people. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, yeah, one of the most powerful things we can be doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Some of the questions that I've found that people will ask early on are more questions about what Christians are like mm. more so than what Jesus is For like. For sure, yeah. 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 But if you can get into those conversations and have that with people, one, as soon as they, as soon as they start to crack, you know, mm. like let you into that world, they crack open whatever, you know, the window that much. I always feel like, okay, you know that you've done some good work at yeah. like really being able to build trust. Yeah. And then as you start to have those conversations and you just continue to move towards the real there's just something powerful that starts to happen. Yeah. Another thing that I've found for me that works, I mean, it's just being able to build some of that is to say to people, you know, because in any relationship, there's hard stuff that comes up in people's lives right. and they start to let you in as that happens. And for, you know, I've had times where I, I just say to people, listen, you know, I'm a Christian. Um, I'd love to be praying for mm, you. Yeah. How can I, how can I pray for you mm. right now? And, uh, and I ask their permission, but as soon as you're willing to do that and then follow up with them, there's just not a lot of people who do that with other folks in a way that feels trustworthy. Yeah. So, and I love that like you're kind of opening their eyes to an expectation of how God might work. So it's even an invitation for God of like, hey, you know what? Like we're pr I'm praying for this. Yes. God show mm -hmm. up in their lives outside of me too, mm -hmm. like outside mm -hmm. of this relationship yep. and get yep. their attention. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, so much of what you guys are talking about is uh, just kind of changing our mindset about the way that we engage with people or kind of just go about our normal life stuff. I had a um, professor in seminary that was like, don't, don't go on the street and do evangelism, but like, what are things that you're already doing that yes. you can just be more attentive in those spaces? Yes. And so for me, it, it started to be every single week, I would go to the gym at the same time. Mm -hmm. And instead of putting in my headphones, um, I'd be like attentive to what was going on uh, around me and like open to conversations and things like that. But we all have those rhythms. I know the world is a little bit more complicated right now. Maybe not everyone's going to a gym, but uh, that coffee shop mm -hmm. that you go to, can you show up at the same time every week and yeah. kind of get in rhythms of maybe you're seeing some of the same people um, or, or these different spaces we're already involved in rather than trying to pull them into our spaces? Yeah. How do we show up in those places? Kind of just with the presence of Jesus, mm -hmm. just looking for ways to love and to serve people and be attentive to what it is that God is already doing in, those, in those spaces. Absolutely. Okay. People are amazed when you take interest in them. Yeah. And I think it says something about society today. Yeah. And I mean, and, and not, and I don't say that from a, from a massive negative way about people are horrible, but I just think that, that for all of us, we're busy, mm -hmm. that um, we can become self-centered, not from a sense of like, oh, everything's about me, but just in like, man, I have these things I'm worried about, these things I'm struggling with, these areas I'm anxious about, to where I forget that there's anything outside of myself. Yeah. And as soon as someone actually takes interest in who I am rather than living that same mode, I mean, it's such low-hanging fruit yeah. to be able to invest in a conversation. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, I've found that there are coffee shops or different places like that that I'll go to, stores that I'll go to. And you know, I mean, if you go there enough, you start to see the same people. You actually just stop like as you're at the cashier and just say, how you doing? Mm. You'd be, I'm never <laughs> amazed, like I'm never more amazed than when I'm in a situation like that. And, and I'll say that and someone just starts to like unload mm. 
mm-hmm. on the things that are going on in their mm-hmm. life. Oh. It's kind of crazy. You know, like, hey, how's your day going? They're used to like being invisible to yeah, people walking through, yeah. just seeing them as like, you're checking out my stuff yeah. and you better do this efficiently because I'm on my way out the door. Yeah. Right. You actually stop and just go, how's your day going? People will actually open mm-hmm. up about things. And mm-hmm. if you actually can like just take the time to like remember mm-hmm. and then ask that person the next time, mm-hmm. like just that, it mm-hmm. opens up a door for a relationship in ways mm-hmm. that you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people just aren't used to being cared about. Yeah. yeah so, for sure. yeah. yeah. Especially uh, this time of year. If you're Christmas oh. shopping, I think uh, a lot of those people in retail are pretty stressed out. So yep. take just five yep. seconds and ask how someone's doing. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to the first part of this conversation. Let's press pause there for today. And we're going to pick up the conversation right where we left off um, next week. So join us for that. We'll continue with Matt and Tiffany. And we're going to get really practical and talk about some approaches to sharing our faith, um, what it's looked like for us to share our stories with other people and some of that kind of stuff. And then at the very end, uh, I'll ask Matt and Tiffany what motivates them to, to talk about Jesus um, and you'll want to hear the answer that they, that they give. Um, so hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, have a great week.